Hey guys, welcome to the new episode of the podcast. This should be the last episode for a while that I'm doing this solo, but I still want to keep the podcast going, so I'm not going to have any guests right now. So I'm just going to discuss a few things that I find interesting now that school is over and uh, what I'm going to be doing during winter break. Uh, I guess I'll start with that. So winter break uh, at UIC or in most universities or community colleges is usually a month. So during that month, it's, it's a really nice period just to relax and recharge after a long semester. While like when you're in high school or middle school, you get two or three weeks usually, and you don't really get that whole month to recharge. But I think uh, in at the university and at the community college level, you're focusing on specific things and it's more rigorous. You're expected to do more on your own while in, uh, while in uh, high school, it's more of a day-to-day thing. So yeah, now I get a chance to uh, kind of uh, recharge right now. So I think that's a really positive thing and I'll, I'll have time. Maybe I'll record a few more episodes a week. I'll post one on Friday uh, with a guest and I'll post one every week just alone, just to, rant and talk about things I'm interested in. Maybe if a political event occurs, maybe if I'm reading something. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be one thing I'm going to catch up on. I'm going to read a couple of my history books. Uh, I know I haven't shared my library because this is not a visual podcast, but I have a huge library filled with history, some fiction, some classic literature. So I have a lot of uh, books to read. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be some of the books I have on Japan, some of the books I have on Mongolia. Uh, I have a lot of books on ancient history and antiquity that I have not read. Maybe reading some mythology. It, 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 I don't know. So wherever it takes me is where I'm going to read. So I think the last book I read was uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And I thought that was pretty interesting. It was a nice short book to read during the school year. Uh, during the school year and the semester. So that was the last book I actually read cover to cover. I've been reading a lot of books for class, but I don't consider that something on my own accord. So I I don't know what I'm going to read, but maybe by the next episode I'll have uh, something read and I can discuss it. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. In terms of uh, what's going on with me and what's going on, around my world. Uh, yeah, so I was watching the World Chess Championship between Magnus and Jan Nepomichi. Uh, I actually thought it was it went how I kind of expected. I expected Magnus to win. Uh, I don't know if he was going to draw up all of them. I thought there were, there would be a lot more draws. But, yeah, obviously the result shows that uh, Magnus is a superior player to Nepo. And... Yeah, I got kind of bored. Some of the matches weren't really that entertaining. They were just like draws. And I think with classical chess, it's very difficult to watch. I think uh, when you play classical chess, I haven't played very long time formats. But when you play classical chess, you have to think and you're trying to make the best uh, plan, the best move. You're trying to like not damage your structure. There's like a positional element to it uh, because... You move a pawn up, you move a knight, that uh, your opponent's going to try to exploit that weakness. And I think that's what makes classical chess really difficult to watch. Because 
if you're looking at my level or someone who's an intermediate or beginner player, it's just really difficult to uh, like understand why they're making that move or something like that. It's a lot of long-term thinking, which is something I really haven't developed. And I think that's um, something I should work on. But uh, yeah, that's what I thought of it. Um, yeah, and the setting being in Dubai, I thought that was kind of weird too. Uh, I don't know if uh, the UAE is trying to gain a better reput- reputation around the world as uh, a place where they can host certain sport events. Um, honestly, I thought they should have hosted it in London or in the United States. I think those are two better locations in Dubai to host a chess world championship. But yeah, Dubai was the place I think they're trying to open up more to the outside world or something like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, there was a, that one really long game, but yeah, that's just my brief thing about what I was kind of doing during those past few weeks besides studying. Yeah. In terms of, uh, news, I haven't been really paying attention to the news. I guess I'll talk about how I have limited my social medias actually, I have cut a bunch of social medias out very gradually. And I I think uh, now is a really good time to talk about the benefits. So I've been gradually cutting out social media. Really the only social media I would say that I really use is Snapchat. And uh, like sometimes I'll post a lot. Sometimes I won't post a lot. It's just I find Snap to be the one that's the least intrusive where you can pick your friends. It's more of like a private experience. And I don't send out snap streaks or whatever like that. Uh, I find them kind of a waste of time. It's something you're like obligated to do to look at your phone. It's just something that I'm not really a big fan of. But in terms of social medias, I've decided to get rid of or kind of abandon. Uh, I actually uh, have abandoned Instagram. I think it's been like three or four years since I used Instagram. Uh, I don't know. I never got the appeal of Instagram. I know it's not, they're not trying to target me, but I'm someone who does not have an, inst- who does have an Instagram, but does not use it. I be- I haven't touched it in years. It's like kind of insane. I think that kind of shows like, I'm not really a social media type guy. Never really someone who was really extremely popular in, uh, in that respect. More of like an outsider, more of an introverted person I would consider myself in high school and uh, some of the beginning years more introverted, someone who's kind of was kind of afraid to talk to people. So I think that was, yeah, that's a big thing about me that I think uh, makes it. So I'm not a big fan of social media in that respect. Uh, In terms of social, other social media, I don't have a TikTok. I know a lot of people tell me to get a TikTok. But like a lot of the videos are very, they're very bite sized and they're very like short. And it's like, I I don't know. I'd much rather watch a video that's like very well constructed, well researched. Like I I get shorts have some place when you're just saying like random things, but I don't know. I don't get the appeal. I, I had Triller a long time ago when I was like a sophomore in high school which is similar to TikTok, but I didn't see the appeal of it. I only used it once or twice and I deleted it because it was like, oh, this is so stupid. But yeah, that's one thing I've cut that. I've never had TikTok, which honestly I think is a big plus because I see a lot of people in my generation 
and they're kind of addicted to TikTok. A lot of people tell me, oh, you don't have a TikTok. You, you're, you're not addicted to it. And I'm like, I've never even considered getting a TikTok because I, I don't know. I don't trust uh, where your information is going to with any social media platform. I don't trust where your information is going to. And I think a lot of people kind of underestimate that. You kind of lose your privacy. Like social media platforms are free for a reason because they're taking your data and they're selling it. And how ethical that is, is like a really good question. Like, uh, should they be selling your data or should they not be selling your data? Should you be compensated for that data? So I think that's a very interesting question when it comes to social media. Uh, the big one I actually deleted, which I actually used very like passively. I didn't comment at all with common thing with my social media is I don't post, I don't comment. I just kind of lurk around with Facebook. I actually did, deleted Facebook maybe a month or so ago. Uh, it's been almost two months. And I, honestly, I think it's fine. I think it's great. I, I really like the group feature on Facebook where you could uh, go into groups. I would go into groups for like uh, certain things I like. But the problem is I would rarely post on them. And I'm just not the type of person who wants to get into an argument uh, on social media. Because I feel like whether it's like over a video game, political or whatever... I think it's better for you to talk to a person face to face because like a lot of the times people think that you have some, some, some sort of an, uh, anonymity. Oh, sorry. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. Like online and people say like a lot of stuff they wouldn't say to you in real life. And I think that's, uh, really annoying about social media. People th have this false sense of security. Uh, yeah, I used to, used to think like that too, but, yeah, I just don't like that. That's number one. Number two, I don't, I don't know. I don't really, I don't, I don't know. I When I saw myself on Facebook, I was just doom scrolling. I was just scrolling, scrolling, just trying to burn time where I could be using my time for something more productive. I could be, uh, for example, reading a history book, uh, Looking, uh, looking at some articles online, trying to learn something new, uh, trying to get some work done. So I think that's a really key thing. Like, sure, you can do a lot of uh, things on social media. It's a very powerful platform for organizing uh, for the good and for the bad. I think a lot of uh, niche groups would not be possible without social media. And I think a lot of the things I enjoy are because I grew up in an internet age where people are able to communicate with each other and you're able to see a lot of things like a lot of the stuff i'm actually i think the internet's great i think uh being able to research something and get a lot of information is honestly one of the best things i've ever seen because i think our population i think uh people today can be more informed than uh people uh from before but i think the problem is uh so the way social media is structured, it kind of encourages uh, misinformation and disinformation. Uh, like I'm, I'm not smart enough to provide solutions or anything, but I think there's so much information and like people are not using it to their full extent. And I think that's a tragedy because if you look at my grandparents, if you look at my great grandparents or great, great grandparents, they didn't have access to this information and knowledge is power obviously and i think that's a really key thing that i really 
advocate for. I'm someone who wants to learn. Like, if someone tells me, oh, you're wrong on this, okay, can you show me some evidence? I'll, I'm glad to read. I'm not someone who's locked into a specific set of beliefs. I'll, I'll look. I'll, I've chatted with a lot of people who some people might think are lunatics or they might think they're crazy because uh, here's the thing. I, I like a good conversation. I think uh, there are some people who are a little bit crazy uh, in terms of uh, when you get political or religious or whatever. Uh yeah, for me, um, I'm not. For me, I study a lot of religions because I'm just very interested in them and how they impact society. Not interested because I believe or, or anything like that. I think how they impact society is more interesting than uh, arguing if they're true or not. I think uh, here you're kind of losing that battle uh, because if you look at evidence, there's no really no proof of any of that, and it's really difficult to prove. Like, if you have blind faith towards a religion, it's really difficult to dissuade you from that. So, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's uh, I think, uh, talking about the impacts of religion on society are more important than saying if religion is true or not. Because I think that debate, considering what we have and the fact that we obviously don't know, I think that's the best answer, which religion is true, um, if any of them are true. But that's more of like a philosophical debate. And I think a lot of the times there are certain debates I don't like having because a lot of the times it's just like, oh, I believe this, therefore this. And it's like, okay, if you believe that, it's really difficult to get those conversations rolling when you just have a person who has a static belief and just because they have blind faith in something uh, means you can't change their mind. So I think that's a really interesting thing. But yeah, I study religion obviously for that reason uh, just to learn more about people and to learn how societies function and culture and all that i think that's probably the most important reason to study it rather than uh, study it for belief or anything like that i think if you find fulfillment in religion i think that's really good if you want to do good things in the name of your religion i think that's fine uh, but yeah, I think the impact on society is more of an interesting conversation. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I would love to talk about religion all day, but it's a little bit of a controversial subject and it's not something I really want to talk about in some respect because I'm more of someone who wants to see the impact, economic impact on everything. But yeah, I think religion's really interesting and, and, uh, uh, I think uh, one example I was actually looking at is North Korea and how they say, oh, they're quote-unquote atheist. And uh, when people say that, they get the, ex uh, get the impression that, oh, they don't believe in a god. No, I would say they kind of do believe in a god, not like in the traditional way. Their god is their ruler, Kim Jong-un. They treat him like a sort of like a godly-like figure. So you're still worshiping a figure, but it's not like your traditional mythical figure, Jesus Christ, Muhammad, the Buddha, or just to state a couple examples. So I think that's just kind of misleading in some respects. Yeah. And in terms of religion, uh, I think uh, 
Islam is very important to understand whether you agree with it or not. I personally don't agree with it. I think there's a lot of uh, some aspects of it that are very extreme. And I think uh, some people, I think Islam might have to look at itself in the mirror uh, to go, uh, to go into, to, to have some of its nations become, if some of its nations want to become superpowers or, or like powerful nations, Islam might have to reform itself and maybe cut out some of the more extreme elements. Um, I think that might happen pretty soon because uh, I think they're due for a sort of a reformation or some sort of uh, transformation. I think Islam is due for that. I don't know what that transformation is going to be, but I think they're, I think pretty soon you're going to see some sort of transformation. Like we saw, I believe it was like 40, 50 years ago, uh, to more radical Islam, but I think you're going to see some sort of transformation, uh, maybe a split, maybe another split. I am not hundred percent sure, but I think there's bound to be something there. Um, I can't predict the future, but just based on what I'm seeing in the conditions, I can make an educated guess. But yeah, in terms of, uh, yeah, in terms of that, I think, yeah, I think Islam's, and obviously the population of the Muslim world is increasing faster than the Christian world. That's another reason I think it's very important. By 2050, there are going to be more Muslims in the world than Christians. I think it's around even now. But uh, yeah, that's another important reason. You need to know what around, it's around 30% of the world believes. You don't know, you're kind of, you're kind of not, it's kind of not beneficial. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's, really interesting in that respect but in terms of some other things i want to discuss i'm actually re-watching legend of the galactic heroes uh i've mentioned it in a couple podcasts i might have mentioned it last podcast but it's an anime it's a space opera so what a space opera is it's like star wars so star wars is a space opera so to qualify as a space opera you have to have a war between at least two factions can be three can be four can be five i think dune has a bunch uh dune is space opera and it has a bunch to book uh but it's about two warring factions one being uh autocracy and one being uh democracy and the democracy honestly is kind of like the united states in a lot of respects and some of your western democracies but i think it makes its point to show it's more like the united states uh so basically you have in the democracy you have a sort of uh, right wing, not really right wing, but someone who who is very powerful, but they're bought out by the military contractors. Uh, there's also a far right militia group, ultra nationalist group. That's like, if you oppose the war, if you oppose any of our politicians, we're going to attack you. We're going to kill your family. And I think I think that kind of it doesn't completely reflect the united states but but the feeling of uh nationalism i think is definitely in the united states right now uh whether there's some negativity associated with that obviously depends on where you stand on the political spectrum um there's there's a war there's some anti-war advocates like um like uh how afghanistan the withdrawal there there were some issues with it but um, it was kind of critiqued. So uh, for similar reasons, actually, uh, making peace with the 
other side being uh, an empire with being ruled by one ruler, no democracy, can you make peace with someone who doesn't have the same form of government than you? That's, a, uh, that's another question. Should you make peace with someone who you think uh, their government, their form of government is morally wrong? That's an interesting question. Um, should you establish diplomatic relationships? Should you try regime change? I know regime change in the United States is very prominent, but both sides try to do some sort of regime change in each other. They try to they try to enact coups to ensure that the other side can't interfere in their affairs. And you have a third kind of looming power, which is like the economic powerhouse. It's a very interesting show. And uh, I think uh, anyone who studies history, any of the humanities, I think is really going to be interested in it. And I can't recommend it enough. Every time I watch it, I learn something new. I've only watched it once, but I've been gradually rewatching the episode. Uh, I recommend the old version, not the new version. The new version changes some things about the characters that I just don't like. But yeah, that's that's my recommendation if you are not even if you're not an anime fan i recommend it it's just something that's so great and it's uh, something that's so magical and it's something that like makes you enjoy especially if you enjoy nations and you enjoy having philosophical questions i highly recommend that but yeah i think that's a really big thing i i've been aiming to do rewatching it uh what else? In terms of how my semester ended, uh, I think it ended pretty okay. I don't think it ended great. I wasn't satisfied with the work I did at the end of the semester. I was, because I got my booster COVID shot, uh, I was hurting. My arm was hurting for a little while, maybe a day or so. And th that happened to be the last two days I had to write my essays. So my essay, my quality wasn't as good. So I'm I wasn't proud of myself there, so I think that's one thing I I want to improve probably. But yeah, that's one thing. Uh, I'm not going to blame that. I think I should have prepared a little bit better, but that's uh, something I feel I need to communicate because I know a lot of people in college, they kind of struggle. They kind of cram in, and I didn't make a good decision. I waited too long. I waited to the last minute, and it kind of uh, hurt me. Usually I don't do that. I usually try to make adequate time, but because I had so many things due, it was difficult for me to be like, yeah, I need to do this first, I need to do this second, I need to do this third. So yeah, that's something that I um, wasn't happy about this semester, but I, but I did learn a lot this semester, I think, and I learned uh, a lot of things that I wouldn't have known if I didn't take the classes. And I think... Uh, I was challenged to an extent that I wasn't in previous semesters in some respects. So I think that's pretty, pretty good. Uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, UIC, I'm actually, actually I did my last class that is physically at UIC. So yeah, I might not see the campus uh, much longer, maybe a few more times before I graduate. I might have to go on there to pick up, my diploma for graduation that's probably gonna be the last time i'll be there unless i drive past when i go to the city or go to greek town for a festival so yeah that's 
yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a trip uh, at the end of May. Graduating in four years is a is an accomplishment in its own respect. Uh, yeah, in terms of yeah, in terms of what else I've been doing, uh, I did get an Xbox Series X. Uh, I guess I'll review my console a little bit. What I think about it, I've had it for like about a month. Uh, the Xbox Series X does not feel like a new console. It kind of feels like an upgrade. So it's like an Xbox One to an Xbox One X to an Xbox Series X rather than uh, like a new system. I think the PlayStation 5, I don't have it, but I, from what I've heard, it's a whole new system. feels like a whole new console. But I think uh, what I like about it is you can play your Xbox One games, and a lot of them look gorgeous. They look like their current-gen games, and I think that's really really good and i think being pro consumer in that respect is really is really a good move on microsoft's part but yeah i i, I like my series x uh, it's a nice blu-ray player too uh i use it for to play my blu-rays i have a lot of blu-rays and i don't know what to do with them at the moment so uh, yeah i've been trying to watch Battlestar galactica i just have not had the time now i have the time but i might I might just relax because I might just relax, hone up my chest skills uh, during that time. Definitely going to hone up my chest skills. I tried to play chess during uh, when I had school and when I was trying to make that crunch. I just wasn't playing that while I wasn't 100% focused. But, yeah. In terms of other things I would like to discuss, uh, yeah, I don't know. The news has been kind of... uh, Slow, I would say. I wouldn't say slow. Maybe I haven't been paying attention to it as much, as much as I should. I'm just, uh, maybe because I've disconnected from social media, I'm not as aware of what's going on. And I'm not reading a lot of articles as much as I used to. I'm more so just, uh, just watching YouTube videos on history a lot of the time. I might watch some Dragon Ball Z abridged, uh, I might watch some YouTube shorts uh, from this teacher named Rebecca Rogers, and I think uh, she's pretty hilarious. A lot of her, a lot of her shorts are pretty hilarious. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not really connected in in that respect. A lot of my classmates are very connected, and I'm not. And I think that's a positive trait for me. I think if you Google my name, I'm like the third person that pops up, and I think that's good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The the reason I don't use social media, it's I think it's beneficial generally because I felt like when I was using social media, I was kind of miserable. I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to kill not kill, not kill yourself. I think that's a little extreme, but I think it was like you you don't feel good. You don't feel fulfilled. You feel like, oh, I got 2 likes on this post. I want 5 likes. The likes are cheap endorphins. And I don't like that. It's not something I really want to do or really want to advocate for at this point. Uh, yeah, I would advocate to cut, cut most of your social media out and just use it very sparingly when you have something you want to say. Like, oh, oh, for example, I don't like this. This is something I don't really like. Or, hey, uh, I just wanted to share my new experience. I graduated here. Maybe a minor experience you want to share with your friends or your former classmates. I think that's what it should be for. 
try to connect with people you don't really have the opportunity to connect with. But I think a lot of people use it to get news, to argue. And I think that's where uh, you kind of see the negative uh, negative uh, stuff associated with social media since it wants to keep your attention and your attention is valuable and they don't really care about your people skills. And, and I think my generation not being able to talk face-to-face and tell people what they want to say, like, for example, if you have a problem with someone, you're going to say on social media, you're not going to say it to someone's face. I think that's kind of gutless. It's like, oh, I have a problem with you, but I'm not going to say anything to you to your face. I'm going to say it to social media and social media. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like people who like to start arguments on social media. If you want to discuss something with me, hey, in person, you want to do a phone call? Okay, let's let's discuss this. But I think uh, a lot of people who want to argue over social media are like kind of, uh, they're kind of uh, not, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but they're, they're trying to seek attention. And it's like, okay, I don't really want to give you this attention on social media. If you're really passionate about your position, it, we can discuss it in private. And if your arguments are good enough, maybe you can change my mind. Uh, but, but a lot of people I see on social media are not like that. They, they just do it for the theatrics. They just want to show, Oh, I, I argued with this person over this. Oh, I called this person out. It's, it's just kind of something I really don't like about social media. And it's something I think, uh, has encouraged me to be more empathetic. Uh, when I talk to someone who, I don't agree with. I try to understand their position. Okay, why do you believe this position? Okay, you believe this, you believe that. Like, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at listening and asking questions. And a lot of people slip up when they answer questions, too. That's the funny thing. Uh, I think asking good questions is is a really good uh, tactic to discuss something with someone and kind of uh, maybe change their mind. Like, you come in saying, okay, what do you believe? And let me ask you some questions just to clarify it. I don't understand what you're saying. And I think that aspect of humanity is very underrated, being able to talk face-to-face with someone and be like, or even on Zoom, I think on Zoom too or over the phone, is is much better than text or social media where you're able to discuss. And since you have a physical person in front of you, you can't go like uh, – you can't be like, oh yeah, you're you're crazy, you're a lunatic. You're you're not gonna say the stuff you you would say on social media. And I think a really good example of this was where they they were debating the Confederate flag, some school, whether the Confederate flag should be used or not. And it was a really interesting debate. Uh, it was between some high schoolers actually, and it was like uh, they were saying, oh, the pro-Confederate flag people were the loudest in the room at first. And eventually your anti-Confederate flag people, they started looking stuff up and they started discussing it. I think you need a kind of discussion table like that uh, to root out some ideas that might be a little bit controversial. But often those people, they think their ideas in the majority, but often those people are like, oh, they're, they're not correct. They might not be correct in a lot of respects and they might not be the majority opinion what a majority of people believe. So, so it's a really interesting uh, argument. Like, uh, 
like having a discussion with people I think is more beneficial, even if you disagree with them. Uh, yeah, that's, that's partially the reason why I deactivated social media, because when you see on social media, oh, this person calls me out, let me call them out, and you get into like a stupid back and forth that just you don't really want to deal with, and you would much rather talk to that person face-to-face, because they, when you talk to someone face-to-face, it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to personally attack, and, and you're not going to have you're not going to have the sort of theatrics. And if a lot of people, and if someone refuses, you kind of know they're, they're doing it for theatrics or anything like that. Yeah. In terms of some history, because this podcast is supposed to be about history, not just me rambling. So I, I was actually reflecting on one of my papers from a long time ago. Not a long, When I mean long time ago, I mean like around a year ago on populism. And I've been thinking about, populism in general around the world. I know right-wing populism is what most people consider when they think of populism at the moment. So I was thinking, like, I kind of, uh, it was about the populist in the United States in the 1890s. It's a leftist movement, more of a left-leaning movement compared to populism today. And uh, one thing I was looking at and I was thinking about, uh, like, I was looking back at the argument I made, and I think uh, my argument, I think most of it is okay. I'm not really, like, reading more and looking into it more. Uh, I think some of the arguments, some of the scholars I kind of uh, tried to debunk were not really, I don't know, were not, deserved more merit. I think they have more merit than I thought they did, like, like populism being associated with conspiracism is honestly, honestly, I think that's correct in some respects. Uh, not all the time. I think with right populism, it's more of a thing than with left populism. But I think that's a really big thing. And I was thinking about like with people wanting to break up big tech, for example. Uh, I think it's very similar to how people wanted to break up the railroads, the banking. And I think uh, once big tech gets broken up, in some respect, uh, they get weakened antitrust legislation, you're going to see a progressive era, I think. I think uh, the problem is for 40 years, there's been neoliberal policies. When I mention neoliberal, I'm not talking about like liberal as a reformer. I'm talking about uh, people who believe capitalism uh and democracy grants freedom. Uh, so your Reaganites. So capitalism, I'm not talking about social democracy. I'm talking about uh, free market capitalism I'm referring to. So not liberal in that, not a liberal in that respect, but as a reformer or something like that. But these people are here. So yeah, you kind of have this neo-gilded age, I'm thinking. Like right now, I think we're still in this neo-gilded age where you have corruption through lobbying. And I think, uh, yeah, a progressive era, I think, is on the horizon. Uh, I think it's going to be more economic. Uh, I don't think you're going to have a sort of a, a women's uh, a prohibition or a, what's it called? A women's suffrage? Sorry, I'm my words, I don't think you're going to have those kind of cultural victories because I think uh, over the last past 40 years, 
the United States culturally has gone to the left, but I think economically it has gone to the right. So I don't think there's going to be any cultural progressive victories. I think they're going to be more so economic in terms of what I think that is, uh, could be a number of things, uh, could be paid family leave, uh, could be, yeah. So for example, having, or maybe direct payments for having children, uh, that might be a thing. Uh, Medicare for all, I think might be a thing. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that are possible, uh, that, that I think are possible if, uh, I think big tech gets broken up and there's a progressive movement. Like I think there will be, there's a lot of things, maybe FDR's, maybe some of FDR's economic bill of rights or Teddy Roosevelt square deal. Some of those policies, uh, might be implemented, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not someone who's smart enough to predict these things. I'm j- I just look at trends and I try to make logical guesses, like I said earlier. But I think, uh, yeah, that kind of changed my mind. Like, is populism, does populism really do anything? Uh, or is populism a precursor to real reformers? And I think that's a really good argument. It's a really good argument. Really good debate. And honestly, I should research more. I have read five or six books on 1890s populism, but I just haven't. I just don't know. I don't know. I, I look, Looking back at it, it got me thinking a little bit more. Is populism truly a good ideology in the long run, or is it something that transforms into something else eventually? Uh, whether that be conspirati- uh, conspiracism or uh, neo-Nazi, far-right stuff, uh, progressivism, or... Uh, or uh, some 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 of the more authoritarian so Maoism Stalinism or whatever if it transforms into that I don't know I don't know I think that's a really interesting conversation what will populism transform to because I don't think populism is going to last that much longer uh, yes since 2016 I don't see it lasting past 2030 uh, I know 2030 might seem like a long time i'm gonna be 32 or something like that i'm gonna be well into my working career hopefully or i'm doing something or i might be doing something else but 10 years in retrospect is not a long time but i think in 10 years populism is going to die down and something else is going to replace it i'm not when i mean die down it's going to transform into something else and i think one of the two political parties in the united states is bound to make a really big shift uh, in some respect, uh, yeah, I, I know. I, I don't know which political party. I know some people think it's the Dems, but I realistically think the Republicans could do a drastic shift. Uh, you might have another party switch type situation. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to say that I'm not a political scientist. I'm just someone who's reflecting on my essay and thinking about what are the ramifications of populism here compared to then but yeah looking at it then it eventually transformed into the progressive era and a lot of the policies of the populists were kind of imp- were implemented uh as like a lot of the monopolies got busted the trust busting and i think you have that with big tech here you have a lot of similar situations let's just say 
But the thing is, what caused uh, the big wealth inequality in the first Gilded Age and what caused it in this quote-unquote second Gilded Age is completely different. So I'm not going to say they're the same. I'm just saying there's some similar circumstances in the United States then and now. And it's uh, very scary. Very scary indeed. And I think uh, historians are going to look back on this period and maybe see it as a period of transformation. Maybe they'll look back at it as a blip on the radar. But I'm not sure. It's, it's very interesting to think how people will think about the time I'm living in. Uh, the time I'm living in as a time of uh, turbulence, maybe they might think of it. Maybe they might think of it as stability. I don't know, maybe historians might be writing in a post-apocalyptic world and they see this period as stability and they kind of have uh, this sort of uh, reflection of the good old days. So there's infinite possibilities to what can happen and that's not something I can predict. I don't have some sort of crystal ball here that tells me, oh, in 10 years this is going to happen. This is just me estimating at the, at the time uh, right now. But yeah, what... What else? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it's been uh, it's been uh, really interesting this year. This year has been. We we're still in the middle of the pandemic. It's still not over. We're, we have this new normal, and uh, I don't know. I wish I I wish sometimes we could just go back to some sort of semblance of normal. We have some sort of semblance, but. I, but you still have the masks. Sometimes you have to show your card. Sometimes you have to show a negative test. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not something I'm really looking forward. Not looking forward. I really like. It's something I'm gradually, gradually getting more exhausted. I'm like, yeah, the pandemic keeps raging on and on. But it's like, when it, when, when is it gonna? When it, when are we gonna see a definite end? Uh, I think coronavirus is here to stay, and we're, we're not going to see a definitive end. We're going to see this sort of a transformation. Maybe people kind of get numb to COVID eventually, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's like a flu. It's like your seasonal flu, it doesn't matter anymore. But, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We do not know in this world, and... Uh, it's uh, it's a blessing and it's also a curse. Uh, the The future holds a lot of possibilities for us, but it also holds a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of bad things, and it's really uh, yeah, it's really scary too. Yeah, in terms of uh, what what I want to do after UIC, I've been thinking about this for a while. Do I want to stay in the area? Do I want to move out? I'm right now. I'm working on citizenship for Greece. I want to have citizenship in Greece. So right now, uh, I'm someone who has studied Greek for so many hours. I've gotten it to a point where it's okay. I don't think it's good. Uh, I think I need to find a book in Greek and I need to translate it and I need to look at it. So I need to work, 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 and just work, just work on my Greek. And I want to get it to a point where I think it's not perfect, but I think it's really good. Uh, yeah, that's one plan. 
but that I think takes three years. So I have three years, three years in between there where I have to do something. Should I teach in the Chicagoland area? Uh, should I move somewhere else? I've been thinking about Washington State and Oregon. I think those two states are some of the better states in the United States to live in, in terms of just, just I just think they're a lot better. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Illinois. It's really corrupt. There's not that sort of transparency in our government. And it's not something I want to be a part of if they don't fix the corruption and they don't fix uh, gerrymandering, for example. I don't know why it still exists. It still exists in the state, no independent commission. So I'm, that's pretty sad. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. A lot of possibilities, good or bad. Uh, try to make lemons out of lemonade. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll end this with a, with a question, I guess. Uh, where... Where where do I see myself? Where do you see yourself in 10 plus years? Like, I know this is a really cliche question. I've been thinking about this myself. And I don't know where I see myself in 10 years. I don't know. I know some people can see that far. I don't know. I think a lot of things can change. I think uh, I could be doing something. I could be teaching. I could not be teaching. I could be in Europe. I could be outside of the United States, uh, in some other place, Africa, Asia, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go. And that's what makes life fun. And I think trying to predict it is something that I don't want to do. It's scary. It's something that kind of stresses me out. Uh, yeah, I don't know what everyone else's thoughts, but that's, I think, the last thing. I know this episode's a little bit shorter than it usually is. I just don't didn't have as much to talk about in terms of news. Because last time I think I talked about the Roe v. Wade thing, and I thought it was really interesting, and I talked about some talks I've had with people. But yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, this is the last episode where I'm alone. I think over winter break, I think I pull. I'll post one episode with a professor, and I'll post one episode alone, maybe a little bit shorter, maybe 20, 30 minutes, just where I talk about stuff like this. Uh, and yeah, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.